You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1070. Kirshner Creative specializes in boutique book, uh, booking, management, and representation of established and emerging talent through a variety of creative and popular music genres. Their catalog represents musical artists and entertainment and acts that are artistically world-class and culturally relevant. They also specialize in the development and representation of new talent, and I've asked my friend Owen Kirshner to come and talk a little bit about their business. Owen, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Good afternoon, and thanks for having me. Let's get started. It's my pleasure. Let's get started by maybe having you talk to our audience about an interesting story from your background or sort of give us some context of you as an entrepreneur. Well, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. My father had uh, started a business of petrochemicals. I was the kid who would go to work with my dad early in, in five-year-old kid tagging along. Uh-huh. And he was selling paint to hardware stores at that time. And I remember it vividly when he would get blown off as a salesman to a re- as a rep. Right. Somebody would say, uh, just give me your card and we might call you for white paint. <laughs> and he'd say, okay, I'll give you my card. It'll cost you a nickel. In the 60s, 70s. And that would often get the conversation, you know, lengthened to a nickel. Why would I give you a nickel for for your business card? It didn't cost you that. And he would reply, because if I get a nickel from you, you're invested in me. Mm. You're not going to get rid of that card. You're going to remember me for a long time. And many times he would get that sale. Oh. They would become very good friends. He was kind of a character in that way. Sure. When he passed, everybody got a million-dollar bill because they always remembered him. Even in the, They were all invested in him, in him personally. Uh, in my background, understanding that I'm in the music business. I sell art, and art is subjective to the people who are listening and or li- uh, uh, looking. Uh, I started as a musician at Disneyland. Okay. And Disney special events would send you out on another event under their umbrella, and somebody would say, you play the trumpet very well. Do you know somebody that plays the piano? And quickly, I realized (laughs) that the opportunity for it to be a trumpet and piano event Uh would be fine, but what I'm selling is my knowledge base, my my roster of people that I trust. Mm -hmm. And if they trust me, they're going to trust my roster. So that turned into uh, 12 years for Disney and working with uh, Disney special events and other event companies that evolved out of Disney. And um, I had heralding trumpets. That was my specialty when I was first at the the, uh, theme park. And I started a group of heralding trumpets outside of the theme park Mm -hmm. to do special events. And that turned into an opportunity to work and conduct and arrange music with John Williams and conduct the opening and closing of, of the Olympics in 1984, wow. become part of that special events team that was resurrected three years later for the relighting of the Statue of Liberty in New York. Mm. Some of those folks have gone on with their own production companies to do multiple Super Bowls, pregames. They've done things with Radio City Music Hall Productions in New York and all right. over the world. Did, didn't you say that you did audio or sport for the Pope? 
Uh, I, I you know, I had me, I had musicians for the Pope. You had musicians for the Pope. Yeah, the Pope did a mass at the uh, L.A. Coliseum. Sure. Uh, I had been working at the Coliseum with USFL. Right. Uh, I saw them coming to town. It's a ninety thousand seat venue. Uh, I'd already done the Olympics in that 90,000 seat venue, so why not do a football game? Sure. Uh, my corporation is Major League Music, and I've always liked the seeing the fact that musicians and athletes have to be both prepared and lucky in their timing. Right. And sometimes you can create the timing and so, look for opportunities. So let's talk about the niches that you serve with your business. And, and we're going to focus on Kirshner Creative Artists Certainly. for this interview. So can you explain to our audience where you have found the most, uh, you know, business or the right niche for your talent, skills, and team? Well, I started with a lot of sports events. I worked for the Dodgers, Angels, Padres, uh, again, the Olympics, USFL, and things like that. I found that a lot of the folks that own these teams also have are philanthropic. And I, would, and I really like the fact that my music is going to have its own legacy. Mm-hmm. But if you can bring music and elevate an event charitable event especially and maybe find a cure for a disease that they're supporting right. because disease doesn't discriminate then my legacy is even greater okay. uh other other niches well i've re- i've always been doing special events large small intimate and grand played uh, went with a chamber orchestra for the royal wedding and then the diamond jubilee of the queen in london uh have had a, a really nice run as a musician right and uh, so the niche does that complement your creative the, the the business that you have that it does still... because some of the musicians that i'm working with uh are like the musique sur la mer orchestra are under my catalog of kcartist.com or kirchner creative uh-huh. and we have uh contracted uh with four of the greatest american uh composers that are living today and and helping bring a, awareness to waters around the world saving our oceans mm. and the music the music is the need for clean water the need for clean water and how in, how impactful the oceans are with the environment itself yes, right. and subsequently so the, i represent the music sur le mer orchestra with this uh the special you know love of our oceans and waterways performance right. i also have uh, kind of a nostalgic thing where i have three groups that are Relative, they're they're interesting. One is called the La La Band Tour. Mm. The motion picture, you already have an idea of what that type of music is. It's right. kind of like Michael Bublé light. Okay. Okay, so it may not be the two hundred or $500,000 act of Michael Bublé, but it's going to be an enjoyable evening at a regional theater, whether it's Carpenter Center in Long Beach, maybe the cabaret section over at Segerstrom Hall or at Soka University. There are theaters like this around the country wow. that fill their catalog and are uh, looking for an enjoyable couple of hours for their for their guests. Right. I have a group uh, I just signed called the San Andreas Sisters. Oh, boy. They're like the Andrews Sisters, <laughs> right. but more contemporary and lovely. And That's awesome. they're in full color. They're not in black and white as the Andrews Sisters were. I recently uh, re, uh, re-hooked up with a friend of mine up in Seattle who has Whipped Cream and Other Delights, which is a play on the... Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass, sure. very special album of about 1967, when Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass were outselling the Beatles. Wow. And there's an audience for that. And so, That's interesting. you know, people people want to be better off 
two hours after they've heard music than than when they came into the audience. We're talking with Owen Kirshner. He's a, a, a friend of mine that I've known for some time and uh, talking about, you know, I was going to ask you, Owen, what makes your firm, uh, Kirshner Creative Artists, kind of unique? But I think you've already sort of brought that to the forefront in how you've described how you've blended your personal passion with a with a kind of a business and sort of in the niches that you, you are servicing. Is there anything else that's unique about your firm that we haven't talked about that differentiates you? Well, we give back to charities. Okay. You know, I was a caregiver for my mother with Alzheimer's, wow. and I got on the board of Acacia Adult Day Center right here in Garden Grove, uh, which we've recently merged with Alzheimer's of Orange County. Sure. Uh, again, disease doesn't discriminate. No. Um, and, uh, if, again, that's going to be more of my legacy. Uh, always looking for something in that respect. I did have one corporate client who came up to me in a very loud way and said, you're the one. You're the guy. I thought, oh, my God, what, right. did, what did I do <laughs> my trouble here. At, at the end of the event? And the compliment that they gave me was, you're the guy, you're the only one of all my vendors who did what they said they were going to do, did not have the drama, wow. came in, did a lovely job, in fact, made me look good. Hmm. And that's my job is to make the presenter look good. Right. That's awesome. All right, we're going to take a short commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. When we come back... I'm fascinated how technology can be a disruptive force. And so in your space, in the business of talent management and representation, after the break, Owen, can you share with us a little bit about what technology has done and how you've responded to it? Of course. Okay, so don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen out there listening to us either live on octalkradio.net, maybe watching us on octalkradio.net's Facebook page as well, and maybe you're listening to us as a podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio or on YouTube in the video. Anyway, wherever you are, don't do go anywhere because we're going to be back with Owen in about 30 seconds after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests whose CEOs have been on our show, and I put the podcast on their website somewhere. You know, since 2009, when we first started doing this podcast radio show, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream here on octalkradio.net, the podcast, and the other channels that we use. Simply type in, Critical Mass Radio Show into your favorite podcasting software, and you'll find our weekly shows with great guests like Owen Kirchner. Oh, and so before the break, I said I want to ask you to tell us about how technology has disrupted or at least impacted your industry. How has that happened? Well, there's a word called YouTube. There's a word called Facebook. Yeah, right. And I think we're on Facebook Live today. Yes. You know, so hello to everybody there. Um, everybody wants immediate gratification. Now, uh, when I first started, 
you would resource uh, a catalog, you'd get an inquiry, you'd put together a package, you'd mail it out, somebody would either get it 10 days later, put that video cassette in. <laughs> now they want to see an indication of what they're going to get or what they're going to consider to get and then compare it to another 10 of them or 100 of them from their research on a Google search or, you know, uh, you know, and, and get inspired as to what you do better than they do. So, so is technology allowed you to better represent your artists because you have more platform to be able to connect the venues to or uh yes and yes i think so um i use a format called vimeo right vimeo i think has a a higher bandwidth a nicer uh presentation uh than youtube right nothing wrong with youtube it's a very strong source but i don't want to be a pinterest Okay. Each event is separate. Each, each client has different needs and expectations. And so we customize every presentation and every, uh, every, uh, every event slightly different. And so not everything I have is published. Okay. You, you can go to the website at kcartist.com or the other website, music4events.com with the number four in the, in, in the uh, title, uh-huh. and get inspired, but it's not everything we have. Right. So, so are you finding that your artists are more focused on, on their social media channels as well? Is that an important part of their brand? Uh, it has to be. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, a lot of the folks, uh, I just signed a record label of progressive acoustic guitarists called Fret Monkey. And they have Fret Monkey Nation. Wow. They have a million listeners a month wow. of these progressive uh, guitarists. Right. One guy has 70 million YouTube views, which I, you know crassly said that's like guitar porn somebody's watching 70 million views of this one guy playing amazing guitar what is progressive i mean progressive it's a it's an acoustic guitar that is kind of pushed to the limits where they'll use all of the the guitar with overtones and also using the frame of the instrument as a beatbox and it sounds like four people playing at once at times i I think i'm gonna have to listen to that Uh, i like that when an artist does that i don't know what i'm i didn't know what i was listening to but i enjoyed that it's a style of guitar known as finger style okay and fret monkey who i represent uh has a number of these folks that are world champion my god who knew there was even a competition world champion uh musicians you know whenever i go to a local event and i see artists perform i i i marvel at how many truly talented and gifted people there are in the world i don't think there's ever been more right okay all right I'll i'll take that and part of that i think is being inspired to learn the instrument and they may not have to interact. You know, music, uh, being a musician is an individual sport. Yes, right. But it's played as a team sport in most cases. Okay. You know, you have to be the best trumpet player. Right. But nobody wants the best trumpet player unless he's playing with a piano player or a band or something like that. Right. To really integrate what the sound can be. Right. So we're, we're this is an interesting conversation. So technology has both um, sort of made it a little bit harder maybe to, to differentiate your your acts from others certainly but but also given your acts the opportunity to reach an audience through these platforms that 10 years 20 years ago i don't know how you would have gotten a million people interested in that specific niche of music i I just i was just talking to a musician about an hour ago and i uh, before coming in here and i I told you this but um, one of the things he's frustrated with is that he's not internationally known and I remember 20 years ago reading about a harpist in Inc. magazine in the Midwest, who, and the title was Internationally Famous Locally. 
<laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being everybody's favorite right. in a big pool. You know, you talk about or a small pool. Specific artists. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, we went to see a cover band of Pink Floyd, who, mm-hmm. who did the Dark Side of the Moon because I think it was one of the anniversaries of the release of the album. And as an opening act, they had a I think she was a foreign-born harpist who played Pink Floyd music on her harp, like. I wouldn't even think that was a thing, right? Sure. But I was spellbound listening to her play that music. It was unbelievable. But, you know, it was just something that I had never experienced before. Well, I, I've also run three summer concert series uh, benefiting the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach. Oh, yeah, I love that. Place. And I had a woman who showed up to every concert. We had nine concerts in the series. And at the end of this year, she came up to me, gave me a hug. And gave me what I thought was one of the best compliments I could get, which was the music you chose to present this summer challenged me. Wow. She said, I knew I was in for something different every week. And some of those acts, by the way, um, I found them on their way up. That's always good. And one one young lady is now a backup singer to uh, Gwen Stefani and having her own career. And I saw that she had a lot of upside. Another band is an opening act for Taylor Swift, and they're on the road two, three hundred days a year. And I found them what I, using my judgment, I thought it's a Wednesday night benefiting educational programs and animal care at the aquarium. Who's you're not working on a Wednesday night, come and play at the aquarium. Right. You can videotape it. You can use it for your right. platforms. Right. And that's good. Going back to the the downside of the platforms, the electronic platforms, sure. is you find somebody who becomes popular for being popular. Right. We were you just know, talking about that last night. And it doesn't mean, you know, they're more sizzle than steak. Right. You've heard that term before. Yes. There's... Uh, it, there's no substance there. They develop substance once they get some management and direction. But if they have the talent. If they have the talent inherently. Uh, but some of these folks are really talented at making videos. Mm-hmm. And they just happen to sing and they're nice looking or odd looking or right. whatever it might Memorable, be. Memorable, right. Memorable in some way. Right. So they, they've, uh, you know, there are people that are... Uh, successful in spite of themselves is what i think okay so we're, we're actually coming up against the end of our time together Certainly. so I, i'm you already mentioned them but for our audience that might want to learn more about your management company what are the two websites you would direct them to Owen? well for your corporate events your social your charitable music for events.com with the number four in the middle for the theatrical acts and some things that i think are culturally culturally interesting uh that would be kcartists.com K is in Kirshner, C is in Creative. And, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, and there, there's, there's a, lot, a lot to watch. If you click on the Fret Monkey uh, page <laughs> on there, you can probably watch 40 different styles of guitarists. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I will. Frankly, okay. Just because I let you, I, I've taken something uh, memorable away from our conversation. So thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community, Thank Alan you. Kirshner. Thank you for having me. Awesome to have you on yeah. the show. been looking forward to it since we, we met each other and developed a friendship. So... I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts. Hey, our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, maybe a good place to start would be Twitter, and my handle is CEO Peer Groups. If you'd like to look me up on LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And my website simply is criticalmass4, spelled out F-O-R, criticalmass4business.com. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. 
focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 